You're listening to the official podcast of Church Untitled, located in downtown Vancouver. We are a community set apart to bear His name, in our city, for His glory. We hope that you're blessed and enriched by this message. Here we go. Church at home. This is so exciting. I am thrilled that nothing can stop even what's going on in our world right now. Nothing can stop the purposes of God in his church. And um, even more so, I think this is a season where the church is going to flourish and the people of God are going to flourish. Paul says in the book of Philippians, he says, even though I am in chains, the gospel is advancing because I'm in this situation. And even so now that what we think is holding us back is actually causing and enabling the spirit of God to move forward and for people to get a glimpse of who God is through his people. And so I think that there's no greater time to be alive as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus. And so we hope today really encourages you. We know that there's a lot of fear that's out there right now. and We know that there's a lot of uncertainty that's in our midst, in our world, in our families, in our situations. In fact, I would say that here where we are in this side of the world, it's touched us for sure. And there's some things that are um, in the way of us interacting, so to speak, in the way that we normally would. But there are other places in the world that are being hit really, really hard by this. And um, just south of us in, in Washington, um, yeah, it's just, a, it, it, it's, it's a different situation for them right now. And I'm thinking of some friends that are in Morocco um, right now. If you're watching, we're praying for you. We will pray for you. Um, other friends that are flying, flying back from UK right now as we speak. Um, that being said, we have some missionary friends that are right now in Greece. And they're not just dealing with sickness and virus. They're dealing with like tumult over there. There's there's violence that's oppressing them right now. There's fascist regimes and what they're calling Nazi um, uh, influences there against them. And so anybody just trying to bring help in that situation is actually being oppressed. And so we're going to lift up all of these people today, the, the people that we don't know. So saying that, we need to take what's happening very seriously. But we also know that Jesus said, in this world, you're going to find trouble. But he also said right after that, take heart because I've overcome the world. And so today we want to obey. We want to follow Jesus and, and let our hearts follow suit. Let our emotions follow suit. Let hope rise up in us as we follow Jesus. And I'm excited that we have a voice in the current situation. That as the church, we have something to say. We're not of those who shrink back, but we are those who press in. And so today, that's what I want to do. I want to encourage you through the scripture about what it says for times like these. And um, I think we were built and we were born for times like these. And so, yeah, let's tune in. And uh, yeah, if you have a Bible at home or maybe on your phone, probably got to get off your YouTube app to do that. So that's not going to work. So get a Bible. What an opportunity to have a physical copy in front of you right now. And so because we're in this environment that is fearful, if you if you look on the news or look on Facebook, you see a lot of fear and uncertainty rise up. And, and some of it is, is prompted by very real things that are happening around us. But what I think and what I see in scripture that every opportunity for fear is also an opportunity for faith. 
And so in this season, like I said, I believe that the church is going to flourish because faith is our currency. What the world looks at and is fearful of, we have faith in. And so we believe that God is going to work and shine his light in the midst of all darkness. And light is actually where it shines brightest, isn't it? It happens in contrast. And so I believe that we're standing on holy ground as a church. Not just a physical place, but a moment in time. I really believe this is holy ground for the church. And we need to consider it that way, that God is breathing in his people and through his people. And so I, I hope you're encouraged that way. So today I want to not necessarily preach through a message. I want to encourage you through scripture. You're in our living room right now, and we're in your living room right now. And I want to speak to you as I would speak to my family. I'm not going to prepare a message, so to speak, to sit down and talk to my kids and my wife. I'm going to share my heart through scripture. And that's what we're going to do today. Can even give you a couple points, a couple headers that you can really grab hold of, little nuggets to move forward with in these days. Um, but other than that, we're just going to open up this book and see what Jesus has to say. And we're going to go from there. Hope that's cool with everybody. I'm assuming everybody at home is shouting me down, saying, yeah, let's do this. Let's go. Hands up. So you remember in November, we had a Vision Sunday. We talked about praise. We said praise is the sound of a people who will not settle for anything less than the fullness of all the promises God has provided to us. You guys remember that? Yeah, we really emphasize that understanding that we will not settle. And in those times, we know that God's been preparing our hearts, right? This is a season where we will not settle for anything less than the fullness that God has for us. And today I want to expand that language a little bit. I want to say this, that hope is the heart of a people who will not settle for anything less than the fullness that God has promised. And we know that God has promised us things in the midst of whatever chaos we see. First of all, that he is in it with us. And that he is, has the ability to calm the storms, not just out there that we are praying for, that God puts an end to this COVID virus, but he calms the storms in here. And that his spirit moves on his people to work miracles and wonders amongst us. And so those promises are the ones that we're leaning into. And we're not going to settle until we see what he says. And I hope you're with me on that. Similarly, God's been preparing our hearts and giving us language. We've been saying that our mission isn't to get the whole city into the church. Obviously, we can't do that today. And by church, I mean the building. But our mission is to get the entire church, and by that I mean the people, into the city. And that's exactly what's happening today. And uh, that's our vision for church. And so this I think has been a setup by God. I think he's going to move in ways that we may not have been ready for in certain sense, may not expect it in certain senses, but I think he's been preparing our hearts for them. You may not have been prepared with toilet paper, but I believe that the Lord has been preparing your heart. More about the toilet paper later. So whatever you do today in your homes and in your walk and wherever you go and whoever you interact with, let it be worship. When you eat, let it be worship. When you pray, let it be worship. When you read scripture, let it be worship. When you go for a walk in this beautiful sunny day in Vancouver, let it be worship. If you go to the grocery store to stock up on food, let it be worshipful. Don't panic. Know that you're anchored, that Christ is your cornerstone. So as you walk through the aisles and everybody's in fear, let it be worship. 
and let God shine bright in your heart. And so right now, I want to give you three thoughts. The first thought is this. I want you to keep hope alive. I'm going to keep hope alive. We have this story, 2 Kings chapter 6, where this king is surrounded by enemies. And that's all he can see and that's all he can understand. And there's a prophet, a man of God, who comes up to him and he explains it this way. We have it in verse 16 and verse 17 is going to show up on your screen, but it says this. It says, don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So this king of Israel was incredibly worried because of what surrounded him. It was his enemy. But then the prophet prays, God, open his eyes to see what he can't see in this moment, to see that there are more for him than there are against him. This is where we get the song, Surrounded. So I fight my battles with praise because there are angels, there are there, there, there are things that God has put in place that are actually greater in number than what we can actually see with our natural eyes. And so when our eyes are open to what God is doing, rather than what the fear is around us, we'll see things in a different perspective. And this is exactly what Paul prays in Ephesians chapter 1. He says this in verse 17. I'm sorry, verse 18, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the hope to which he has called you. When the eyes of your heart are enlightened, hope floods in that place. The hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance for his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe that same power that raised Christ from the dead. And so when we can see what God is doing in the midst of this chaos, it opens up our hearts to be flooded with hope and thus the power of God within us to then affect change in the world around us. So hope doesn't just stay in us. It actually changes our step. It changes our cadence. It changes our posture in this city. And wherever we go, we'll shine like lights will shine like stars in this world because we're filled with hope when everybody around us is filled with fear. This is what he's called us to. So let's keep hope alive. If you feel like you're losing grip on hope, pray that God opens your eyes to what he is doing because I believe he wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to your household. He wants to speak to us as his people. Jesus promises that we're going to hear his voice. So when you ask for it, he's going to tell you, and that is going to open up your heart. Oh, God is not absent from this struggle. He's actually present in this struggle. And he is doing things to advance his people and advance his church, not just for us, but for the world around us. Could the church be the solution to this problem in the world? Could we, through hope, engage with heaven to bring a solution by prayer, by fasting, maybe innovation, maybe technology, to step into this issue and say, 
God is in control. Amen? The second point I want to make today, encouragement through Scripture, is this. We need to live in faith, and we need to live out faith. In Philippians chapter 4, we're going to read a little bit of Scripture here. Paul, like I said, is in actually prison when he's writing this. And in verse 4 of chapter 4, he says this, Rejoice! What an opportunity we have right now to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If there's ever a time we need to hear this scripture, it's now. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. The world and the circumstances around us are trying to draw our attention. And Paul is saying, first of all, rejoice. Then he's saying, be anxious about nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God and peace will flood in your heart that way. And he says, whatever is beautiful, whatever is noble, whatever is heavenly, Think about these things. In other words, don't think about what everybody else is thinking about right now. It's not saying be unwise and don't take precaution and don't use wisdom, but he's saying make sure that you're thinking on things that Jesus is in, that his character points to. In Colossians, he says, set your minds on things above, set your heart on things above. And then he goes on to say, whatever you have learned, and this is verse nine, or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. There's things that we can do and things that, ways that we can behave that actually will enable the peace of God to move through us. We have this example in Paul, but I want to extend that to us. What if we said to the people around us, our neighbors and our family, just watch how we live. Model yourself after the way that we think. Could we say that about our lives? That, yeah, there's tumult all around us. There's certain blocks in our lives in the way that we normally live. But if you watch me in the way that I live, the way that we live, and the way that we are as a family, the peace of God will be with you too. And then he goes on to say in verse 10, I rejoice greatly in the Lord. I'm sorry, we're going to skip to verse 19. He finishes this thought by saying this, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And so he's saying to us, think about these things, pray to God, be anxious about nothing. But he's also acknowledging that we actually have very present needs right now. Some of us who are going to go through some economic struggle in this time, there's people that cannot fly home. Some of us are going to have to be in quarantine. And if you're out there on quarantine right now, we're praying for you in this moment. But Paul is encouraging us to say that as the church, we are going to provide for those who we can provide. But ultimately, 
It's God who's going to meet your every need. He's not going to abandon you. He's present in this struggle. And so Paul is encouraging us to live in faith. We need to live in faith in this season. But we also need to know that we need to live out our faith. Acts 2, verse 42 to 47. The writer, Luke, is describing the early church and he's saying that they actually met in homes daily and they broke bread together. They met in temples also, but in that time they met in homes. And it says that there were miracles amongst them, that God's spirit moved in unprecedented ways because his people were meeting together in homes. And it says they were all in awe and wonder about what God was doing in that place. But in there, it says that they met each other's needs, that they had everything in common, that they would serve the people that need to be served. And so we not only need to live in faith, we need to live out our faith, which means that God has equipped us with so much that it can't just stay in us. It has to go to other people. So what an opportunity we have right now to express the love of God to the people around us, to our neighbors, to the ones who are in fear. What about the ones who are in social isolation right now? Can we get on our apps, get on DoorDash, and order them some food? Can we send out a text and encourage people, send some scripture? Can we send people a link to an encouraging message like this? Let's find ways to live out our faith in these days because Followers of Jesus, this is the moment we were born for. We have to live out our faith. We have so much opportunity in front of us. The last thing today I want to encourage you in is to lean in. To lean into what God is doing. So it's one thing for our eyes to be open and available and say that God is at work and he's moving. It's another thing to lean into what he's doing. And Hebrews gives us some amazing context for this. Hebrews chapter 10 says this in the NIV. It says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we might spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. We need to lean in to what God is doing right now in the church. Don't take this as an opportunity to go and do your own thing. Oh, we don't have church this week, so I don't have to engage. Yes, we do have church this week and it's wherever you are. And so I'm going to ask you to lean in. I'm going to ask you to say yes to what God is doing. The method is different, but the mission is the same. And I would also add to that, that I would say that we have more engagement in the mission than we ever have before. So don't retreat, but lean in. We may not be meeting together in the way that you're used to, but as you follow God in the shifts that are happening in and around us, I'm telling you that you're going to experience God in new ways. It reminds me of what Jesus said. He said, I'm going to pour out new wine. I'm going to pour out a movement of my presence, of my spirit, but what it's going to require is new wineskins. It's going to require a new way. And what an opportunity now for new wineskins. So if you need something in your heart, you need something in your family that God can give you, don't neglect meeting together. Be encouraged by one another. 
and encourage one another. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Furthermore, when we meet together, this is an opportunity now to invite others in. There may be people in your apartment complex. There may be people in your neighborhood or your cul-de-sac that that don't know what to do or where to go. You can bring them in for a meal. Say, hey, listen, we have some hope. We want to share it with you. Scriptures say, Christ in us is the hope of glory. And so if what's in us is the difference between someone's worst day and their best day, why would you not give it away? Out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. It's what the world needs right now, living water. And guess where it's going to come from? Out of you. It reminds me of uh, my younger days when I was in better shape and I used to climb the grouse grind. There was always these people that would climb with water in their backpacks. And they weren't climbing for exercise and they weren't climbing to accomplish anything. They were climbing to find those who were in need and give them water. Those who had no clue what they were doing as they went on this nice leisurely stroll up Grouse Mountain, they would find them and say, hey, you're in need of what I have. And what was beautiful about these people is that they were walking a different pace than everyone else. They were walking in a different direction than everyone else. They were walking down the mountain when everybody was walking up the mountain. They were counter flow. They were counter culture. They looked the same as everyone else, but they had a different step. They have a different cadence and they had uh, something they were equipped with. And they would look for people to give it away. So if we have in us what the world is craving right now, Let's be present. Let's meet together. Let's invite people into that place. And let's be the church that God has called us to be. So family, I'm asking you, lean in. Because Jesus is leaning in right now. I'm excited. I think the church is going to flourish in this season. I think Jesus is going to be revealed as we know him to be. And as the world is longing for him to be. I cannot wait to tell my kids and my grandkids about what Jesus did in this season. I actually think that he's shaking up his church. Shaking up his people in the midst of this season. In doing so, though, he's telling us who we are. The things we leaned on before, maybe we can't lean on anymore. And now we have to lean on him in the ways that we were made to lean on him. Lean not on your own understanding. Don't be supported by what you thought supported you. And when that stuff starts to shake, where do we go? Do we live in fear? Do we live in anxiety? Or we say, oh, okay, I need to find Jesus. I need to know what he has to say. And so family, get in your scripture. Worship like you never worshiped before. Find out what it truly means to be a follower of Jesus. And we're going to talk about that over the next few weeks. Thanks for listening to the Church Untitled podcast. Be sure to subscribe to stay up to date on our latest messages. For more about what's happening in our community, follow us on social media or visit us at churchuntitled.com.